You're listening to part two of our conversation with Jeannie Kidwell on Awakening the Warriors podcast. This part of our conversation is filled with gut-wrenching and heartbreaking events that a mom has to make as she's within the last two weeks of her pregnancy and is in the process of shopping for a burial plot and a baby coffin. I am preparing you in advance for what you're about to enter and what you're about to listen to as we continue our conversation with Jeannie Kidwell on Awakening the Warriors podcast. I, I struggled with letting him go. I did. It was hard. Um, and I think I just got to the point where I was like, okay, I need, I need to shed myself. I had to shed it. I had to let it go. So, Jeannie, this was the first marriage. When did yeah. the second marriage happen? <laughs> um, second marriage happened because I got pregnant. In, with, in my oldest time son, frame. with my oldest son. In which time frame while you were going through the healing of the first So, marriage? I guess let's, let's back up a little bit because I, I want to make sure that we, that, that we talk about something else. So, like, in my healing process. Yeah. I tried to date an older man, right? Like, when I say older man, like, he was like 20 years older than me. Like, and I was like, my mom was like, what are you doing? (laughs) Like, he could be your dad. What are you doing? So the, the, um, the divorce of your first marriage happened in what year? 2005. So up until three, about three years ago, which is what, 2008, oh, 18, 17? 17. So it's 2005 to 2000, around 2017, you've been grieving or healing or journeying. Yeah, I've been walking my life carrying it around with me. Carrying, right. So, and so from that point, you've been dating. Yeah, so I started, I started dating, um, right. Not long after I I separated, okay. I started dating um, a guy that was older than me. That that was great, fun, fine, whatever. This is like the twenty plus years old. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. I was like, his daughter and I were actually the same age. She was like a week younger than me. It was very odd. It was very, de- but whatever. It didn't it's work. That I moved that journey. Right. Yes, so you're in that path. Yeah. I, I'm I'm learning yeah. as an adult what I. As an adult, what I want to choose, right? You're like, responding to yeah. your life. So you're trying to, this is re-figuring out. Yeah. yeah. And then I met, um, at church, I met a gentleman who was a officer in the Navy. Okay. He was a lieutenant commander and he was a dentist. And so here we go down that journey, right? And he was beautiful. Oh my, he, beautiful. Um didn't have a beard or tattoos, but he had muscles, so anyway. <laughs> um, Which is, by the way, the weakness. Muscles. Yes, muscles <laughs> and, and a beard, beard and, and a tattoo. tattoo. Like, you can forget it. You put a fork in me, I'm, yeah. I'm done. Come on, I'm sorry, what? Um, <laughs> all the whole thing, anyways. But um, he, uh, very charming. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, super quick relationship. Found out I was pregnant Mm -hmm. a few months in. And I realized that he was a jerk. I I already knew he was a jerk by the time I figured out I was pregnant, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh no. You know, like, 
Oh no. Yeah. Um, and this was January of 2000 and January, February, I think it was more along the lines of February or, or March of 2010 mm -hmm. or 2010, no, um, of 2006. So, okay. you know, my divorce had been final for a little while and, and I'm in. And so, um, I found out I was pregnant and I was like, oh no. Um, and he was just unbelievably m mentally and emotionally an abusive person. And I, I'm hoping that was my pregnancy brain that wanted me to like, Take a pillow over his face in the middle of the night while he was sleeping. <laughs> I would like to say that that's what it was, but I don't. I'm I'm not sure, and so <laughs> I'll just say. But I had that thought because it got to the point where I was like, "You need to seriously shut up." But when did you get married to this? No. Okay. And okay. so um, I found out um, he and I ended up breaking up even while I was pregnant. I was like, "Leave yeah. me alone. Yeah. I want nothing to do with you." Um, and uh, then I went to my 16-week appointment, and I found out that um, and it was around May. It was the beginning of May when I went to it, and I found out that um, very, you know, that's at the point where you take your triple screening, which mm -hmm. does for, you know, like um, Down syndrome and a couple of other yeah. mm -hmm. things. and. They check your levels and based on your age and where you are in your pregnancy, they decide if your levels are high or low and if you need to right. see a specialist. And I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever, wave it in. We'll, we'll, we'll do it. We'll do it. Yeah. I'm fine. And of course, I'm like super sick, but every woman is super sick and like a lot of women throw up during pregnancy yeah. and they're really sick. Yeah, yeah. And so I didn't think anything about that. Nobody did. And so um, a week later, I get a call from my, my OB and she was like, you know, I have a couple of questions. And she never called me. So when she called me, I was like, why are you calling me? She was like, um, have you fallen while you've been pregnant? And I was like, no. And she had met the guy that I was dating and had gone around with him in the office yeah. because he was being a jerk while we're standing there. And um, she said, did, and used his name, um, did he punch you in the stomach while you've been pregnant. And I was like, no. I was like, why are you asking me these questions? She goes, well, I got your results back from your triple screening and your levels are like a hundred times higher than they should be. And I was like, well, what does that mean? You know, I didn't even research the test. <laughs> you know? Um, and she goes, well, it means that you need to go to a neonatologist and you need to go to a neonatologist now. And she said, I'm going to have my office make an appointment for you. And I said, okay. And it was at Johns Hopkins, one of their incredible neonatologists that's, that are there. And so I met with a genetic specialist and a before I talked with the neonatologist all in one office. Yeah. And she kind of talked with me a little bit about what could happen and what this could be, right? So there were a bunch of options. None of them. It could just be that the test was wrong, right? Yeah. And so I was like, cool, right on. 
so when are we doing this ultrasound so I can see yeah. my baby and make sure that there's nothing wrong. My mom was there with me. And um, they start at the top of the head and they go all the way down. And that's how they, they check your baby at, in, in this case. And so the nurse came in and she was the one who started it. And she started at the top of her skull and she was like, oh, well, this is it. And they got to the top of the skull, like, as she's, oh, there's your baby's face, blah, 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 yeah, you know? Like, okay. She got to the top of the skull and she was like, okay. And there's its the top of its head, all right. And I was like, okay. And then she's like, oh, there's its little, uh, you know, she jumped little around face to something again. Else. Yeah. And 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 I noticed that she was like measuring stuff. And she was like, well, let's go a little bit further. And then she got to her chest. And she was like, all right, okay. And then really quickly, kind of like scanned. And I could see, and she was like, so I'm going to go get the doctor and he's going to come back in. I was like, why are you stopping? And I was like, what's wrong with my baby? And I immediately started crying. And she was like, well, I'm going to go get the doctor and he's going to walk you through everything. Okay. And I was like, no, <laughs> you know, just tell me. Like, I did not want to wait. Even, and I just looked at my mom and was like, what's wrong? And she was like, I don't know. So the doctor came in, he was so kind, um, Christian man, he had actually been at um, the Catholic hospital that's downtown for a really long time, and he was like, so we're going to start over, and I said, alright, and he goes, so this is your baby, the top of your baby's head, and I said, okay, and he goes, do you see this part, and he kind of highlighted a part of the top of her skull. And he was like, do you see how it's this color? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, there's nothing there. And I said, what do you mean there's nothing there? He was like, she doesn't have the top of, your baby doesn't have the top of its skull. Yeah. And I was like, what? Um, and he goes, let's go down a little bit further. Stopped at the chest again and said, do you see how the space here kind of looks different? And I was like, yes. And he was like, your baby doesn't have a sternum. And I said, all right. And then he got down a little further. And he said, do you see all of this? And I said, yes. He goes, your baby's small and large intestines, her stomach and her liver are all on the outside of her body. And at that, at, he didn't say her because at that point we didn't know it was a girl. And he was, and I was just crying. I was like, what does all of this mean? Can you put it all back in? Can you just make it right? Like, yeah. as she grows, is it like the skull just not, like, what is going on? And I just had no idea what was going on. Like, I knew what he was saying, but I didn't, I wanted him to say definitely what he was saying. Yeah. Like, I know you need a sternum. Like, I know that protects your heart. Like, yeah. I know that. Um, intellectually, I know that. Mm-hmm. And so he said, I can't, I can fix a lot of things, but I cannot give her a skull and I cannot give her a sternum. He goes, and just with her liver being on the outside of her body, I can't put that back in because the liver expands when it's outside of the body. It mm -hmm. just continues to expand and it will do that and I won't be able to put it back in. Just that one thing. And at this point, I'm about 
I'm about seven, 18 weeks. And I was like, well, no, I was about 17 and a half weeks because, I mean, he got me in like that. And I was like, so what does all of this mean? And he goes, do you want to know the gender of your, ba your baby? And I said, yeah. And I had only picked out a girl name. And he was like, it's a girl. And my mom and I started crying. And he goes, do you have a name for her? And I said, yes, her name is Caitlin. And he called my child Caitlin from that point on. He never called her your baby, she, mm -hmm. he used her name. Mm -hmm. And I said, what does all of this mean? And he laid out my options. I could continue to carry her and see if my body would, but I was very sick. I, mean, I was very sick. Mm -hmm. And he said, we can induce your labor. We can do uh, an amnio and kind of see what's happening. Mm -hmm. And I decided on an amnio. Okay. Right? Why not, right? So come back in a couple of days. We're going to do an amnio. Okay. And so my mom stayed with me, and I woke up that morning that I was supposed to go and do the amnio, and I was like, Mom, do you think that if we prayed enough that God would heal her? And she stopped what she was doing, and she goes, Oh, sweetheart, sometimes what we consider healing here on earth is not what God considers healing. And we can pray for healing, but the healing might look different. And I just looked at her and I said, okay. And I knew what she meant. I knew what she meant. And we got into the office that day for me to do the amnio. And I looked at, I looked at my doctor and I was like, is it going to matter? He goes, no. The answer is still going to be the same. He goes, honestly, in my 20 plus years of practice, I've never seen a baby with this many anomalies be carried for so long. And I was like, well, does that mean there's something wrong with my body? And he goes, no, just the opposite. Your body is fighting to keep your baby. He goes, that's why you're so sick. What I didn't know was that in being so sick, my doctor had talked to my mom and said, look, if Jeannie carries this baby, her life is in danger. All of the internal organs being on the outside is... Like, she has toxic stuff going through her bloodstream, and you could end up losing both of them. So if she makes the choice to continue to carry her, we're going to have to tell her this. And I didn't know. When I made my decision, it was solely based on my daughter and what she would feel and what it would be like if I did carry her and what that would look like for her as a full-term baby. Um, and I made the decision to induce my labor. So at 18 and a half weeks, I had her. And although it was an incredibly painful experience, holding her was magic. It was magical. And I don't remember, because I have pictures, because they did, Fairfax Hospital was wonderful. They took pictures of her. Mm -hmm. um, I remember her skin looking like mine. I don't remember her being red. So when my mom showed me the picture, I was like, that's not what she looked like. And my mom was like, yes, it was, Jeannie. She's like, what do you mean that's not what she looked like? Yes, she. And I was like, she wasn't red like that. And my mom was like, 
Absolutely she was. You remember seeing her as your skin tone. Skin tone. I don't remember her being red. When you say red, what do you mean? Like blood red? Yeah. Like when a, she was 18 and a half she weeks. She was 18 and a half weeks. So she was 10 mm -hmm. inches from her head to her toes mm -hmm. and like a half of a pound. Like, so you saw her as just fully formed? And she was. Okay. Like, e even in the picture, yeah. fully. Yeah. Like, just fully human being. Yes, formed. but just miniature. <laughs> yeah. She was miniature, but um, not in as. In my a, brain, yes. she was my skin color. Yes. She was not red. She wasn't that, didn't have Because the skin 18. is really thin. Yes, yes. And so what you're seeing is the must, you know. Everything. Yes. I didn't see that. Wow. And I held her, and I cried. And I remember feeling this way. I was crying. But they were tears of joy. Mm. I was holding my daughter. That was my baby. I, I loved her and th then the chaplain came in and I was like okay well I know Jesus we good yeah. like you yeah. know yeah. Like, and she came in she goes well I know that you're gonna have a lot of questions and you're probably gonna go through a lot of things like you know wondering what your baby was going to be like yeah. and, and I looked at her and I stopped her poor woman I mean I know this poor lady was yeah. probably she done met her match that day she, she encountered Jesus <laughs> And I, I, I was like, I need to stop you right there because mm -hmm. I'll never have to wonder that. Yeah. I said, God gave me the ability to know my daughter because yeah. she already showed her personality when she was in there and I gave off all of her characteristics. I said, I never have to wonder what kind of, what kind of woman she would have grown into being. I already know. And she just looked at me and she was like, what? <laughs> like, and I said, I'm okay. And I'm all right. Yeah. And my doctor took my baby, and she held her, and she went over into over by the windows, and she cried. She cried over my baby because it was what I experienced, and she was like, I've never watched a woman experience it the way you did because literally when I held my and I was thinking to myself like I should be so sad why am I smiling like, what is wrong with yeah. me because I should be really sad but I got to hold her mm -hmm. do you know how many women lose a baby and they don't get to hold them do you I mean this conversation is just it's waiting you know because yeah. as you know we've served together at Carrie to full term yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is, you know, our the nonprofit organization where we take women in who are pregnant and yeah. homeless, and um, there there's just so much in the marketplace and so much conversation around that, especially when it's coming from the church and then with politics and when those two get merged. Right, because technically, what it was, co I had an abortion. It's labeled an abortion, even though you were you're. Your there was something was wrong induced. with my baby. Right. Yes. And but the, what what I, what I was gonna say is this: the the stories like yours mm -hmm. often get murkied up. Yes. In these positions, and it dehumanizes the woman and the child mm -hmm. because it becomes either religious talking points 
or political talking points mm-hmm. that takes away yeah. from the value and the pain. Oh yeah. It doesn't there's nothing pretty about and easy to hear about what you the beauty of the birth and your bonding with your daughter and the, the assurance and the confirmation that you received through your child. healing. Right. But there's nothing, you know, to, to give anybody peace or like, you know, comfort or uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like to make you to take the shame off of it. Yeah. And legitimize your position when you are talking about a human being that I'm sitting right next to <laughs> and barely being able to hold it together. I probably just have to pull out the tissues because I can't. It's, you know, in, in my world, when babies, um, they're my thing, they're my language. And so when, when you shared that you got, and I love what you were saying, I just don't know how to describe it, but there's so many people who are struggling with infertility, yeah. loss, mm-hmm. loss. A mother's loss is never often talked about, especially no. when that child is not carried a full term. Yes, because uh, you ask yourself, did I really, I can honestly tell you that if one of my three children that are living, were to something were to happen to one of them my grief for them would be exactly the same thing and be the exact same way that it was with her you are a mom as soon as you find out you're pregnant you love that baby whether you intended to be pregnant or not you love that baby like that my love and my relationship began with all of my children as soon as i found out i was pregnant yeah. And that, I love her exactly the same way that I love my three children. So losing her was no less traumatic and stressful and hurtful and valid than if I were to lo- lose one of my children that I have carried full term and that are, are living. And and Jeannie, and that pain doesn't necess- that doesn't go away. No, it it's still there. And and um, every May, every May, it comes right back. So you um, tell us how you how you do that if you'd like to. I sure, sure. So I had a funeral for my daughter. Okay. Um, she had she was buried right at, at Battlefield Cemetery. Um, when you go in pregnant to pick out a casket. And I, God bless, <laughs> at, at, went to a local funeral home here. Um, and so when the funeral director was like, well, is this what you had in mind? I was like, no, actually, that's not what. And the poor, poor man, he was like, okay, <laughs> we love you. <laughs> We're really, you know, like, no, that's not what, why would I have in mind a, a it for my baby no I had in mind a crib no I didn't have this that was just a lashing out not at him but at the situation and God bless him because he knew it like tell me what knew. you were gonna say Antony you said when you go in pregnant to pick out a casket for your baby mm-hmm. What's the, what what is walking that? in there with my mom and walking into that funeral home and sitting down with them and saying, I need to get a casket for my baby. And they see that I'm visibly pregnant. 
Oh, so when you did that, you had not in, you had not even. Uh, in, it was before they induced me. Oh, Jeannie. Okay. Yeah. So now she's I'm, still in there. I understand what you're saying. Now. And I said, and she was like, "Well, okay, you know." And I said, "My date. I'm going to be induced on this day, and I have to have everything in order." And. She went and brought the other gentleman in because she was starting to cry. And I don't think she knew how to navigate through the situation. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I was like, well, I looked at my mom. How many people are they going to bring in? <laughs> everything, was, like, yeah. everything was just making me mad. Like, yeah. why are they bringing more people in here? So now I have to tell mm -hmm. him too? Like, did you tell him before you yeah. brought him in here? Like, I don't want to keep telling people this. You know, all of that. Because I didn't want to lose my baby. Yeah. So he, and he meant it in a kind way. Mm -hmm. Like, is this what you had in mind? No, mm -hmm. no, like, no, that's not what I had in mind. Um, so we then had to go to Battlefield Cemetery and pick out a plot for her. While I'm still carrying her, and they took us where she would be to show us where she would be buried. Mm -hmm. And um, the guy like kind of left, and he said that he would be back in a couple of minutes. Blah yeah. blah blah. So my mom and I are standing there, and anybody who knows me for longer than a second knows that I am like scared to death of snakes. Yeah. <laughs> I am petrified of oh like spiders, but I want nothing to do with any of that. Yeah. And we were standing there amongst all of the other babies. In Babyland is what they call it. At the cemetery. At the cemetery where all of the other babies are staying there. And I looked at my mom very calmly. And I was like, and the, the snake sat up like this. And I said, look at that big old black snake right there. And I didn't move and I stared at it. And in that moment, and I told my mom, I said, that's Satan right there. And I said, you're not getting me and you're not getting my daughter, so you can go on. Turn around and slithered away. Normal Jeannie would be like, boop, and you wouldn't have seen anything. <laughs> like, I wouldn't right. be standing there. Right. You're not going to see me. So I would have been yeah. out. I would have been like, nope, I'm good. We're, it's great. Whatever. You, but mm -mm, I stood there. Not getting me and you're not getting my daughter. Go ahead. And my mom knew that when I said that, she knew that it was. Mm -hmm. She knew. She knew as well as I did. That's the only time I've never run away from a snake in my entire life. And it was true, and it was real. And, and then I made the decision of who that transitions into. Um, uh, my mom and dad's pastor of their church, they had moved down to... Williamsburg. So I had been to their church a couple of times and their pastor was really nice. He was such a nice man and had helped me through my divorce. I had had a conversation with him surrounding my divorce and um, I called my, I told my mom, I said, I only want him to do, to do Kaylin's funeral. I don't want anybody else. So, Jenny, um, the, the strength and courage, I mean, we are talk, we talked about your strength and courage um, in other ways. 
Yeah. But you are literally preparing to bury your daughter while you're still carrying her yeah. and she's alive yeah. in your womb. Because of me, yeah. And you're going through the process of picking out a casket, yeah. picking out a burial plot, yeah. making these final decisions for a human that hasn't even been born yet. Mm -hmm. Her blanket, her little clothes, everything. Jenny, like, if, if you have it, 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 it in you, um, and how long ago has this been the decision that you had to, or the, the, the life that... Are you, are you talking about from the time I found out to having her? You could tell us that, yeah. That's about a week, week and a half. <laughs> it recently in the news, uh, Chrissy Teigen, is that yeah. her last name? Yeah. Publicly shared about the loss of their little, their little guy. Can I, what's his name? Well, I don't remember either, but my heart. Dave. Yeah, my heart broke. I actually shared in our group that we talked about the loss that never get talked about. Right. And when someone asks, notable as Chrissy Teigen brings us into her world of pain yeah. and loss. Yeah. And here I am navigating with life with my friend who <laughs> has experienced that. And like you were sharing earlier, there's so much that women go through that they don't even get to talk through. Yeah. Jeannie, tell, and it's, it, what, what would you share with another woman right now? I know Chrissy Teigen did an, an exceptional job yes. in her letter to her son, but to the com greater community at large. So a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, I, have, I can identify with her story be, because she's at a, a level with greater reach, but here you are with the same reach in your local community. Share that. What, what, what's your, you know, what, if you are able to share something, what would you share to that woman or that mom who have already maybe gone through that, is currently going through it, who is um, in the process of uh, ongoing and continuously mourning, having to bury yeah. your child while you carry them? Yes. So, it was my faith. My faith played a big role. I told my mom, and I've said it to more than just my mom, I've said it to pretty much everybody, the things that I've been through in my life, if I wouldn't have had my face, I would legitimately need to be in a padded room. So I think the place that I always start is with my faith because if it weren't for my faith um, walking through just losing your child and having to make that decision, like. We all go, if I had to make the decision to take one of our loved ones off of life support, basically that's what I was doing, right? Like, would you be able to do that? Oh, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. And here I am making that decision. And it, 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 it was um, uh, my, without my faith, out my relationship with with God which was very damaged at that point right like I was I didn't go to church I didn't do it. like all I knew is that I needed to pour myself back into that and that who was guiding me through this was not me had nothing to do with me it, it was totally um, 
through my faith and, and through God that I, that I got through it to begin with, right? What did your support system look like? I was very lucky. I had my entire family, and when I say my entire family, um, my Uncle John called me, he um, was a, um, a police officer for the city of Manassas. And he said, do you want me to have everyone? And I knew who everyone was because I've known all of these officers my entire life. Um, do you want me to have everyone um, escort her to the cemetery? And I started crying. He goes, she's as much a part of our family as, you know, his, his mom at that point and our, his brother, you know, all of our family members. And he was like, please, can I do that? Mm. And I said, yes. So my daughter got a police escort. Mm. Like, that's how supportive. Mm -hmm. um, my milk came in the night before her, her funeral. Like, <laughs> and I woke up and I was like, what just happened? Like, I, I mean, and my... My OB was hoping that I wouldn't get my milk because, and she didn't want me to get it because that's just another reminder. Um, but it did, and I dealt with it. It was like, whatever, okay, this is all part of it. I'm just gonna walk the journey. You know, that kind of stuff didn't bother me. But when it came time to, I told my mom that I wanted it to be their pastor of their church. And my mom and dad were very apprehensive about that and I was like no I'm telling you my dad was like are you sure again a Southern Baptist Church are you sure you want I don't know how this is going to be received you and I was like I'm telling you it'll be fine um and I understand what he meant because technically I was having an abortion. It was a medically necessary procedure that was going to happen, but ultimately that's what it's labeled as. It's labeled as, as an abortion, but when they uh, when your doctors took you through the process, it was called like inducing your birth. Yeah, so yeah. they, you know. I just wanted to get those un that understanding. But that, yeah. being the person that I am, <laughs> um, I was like, so, because you hear, I mean. Of course. All of the thing, I was like, whoa, when we're talking about me having my baby, I need to understand what this looks like because you are not mm -hmm. going to do this, this, and this to my baby. Like, because that's all you hear, right? Like, you hear in the in media, through the media, through everyone about abortion processes. Well, you're not doing that to my baby, right? You know, my baby's been through enough, I've been through enough. I don't want to imagine that. That was my biggest thing. And she was like, no, 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 no. So she explained to me what would happen and that I would actually go into labor and have her. And I was like, okay. She was like, it's no different than if, I, I mean, a little different, but, um, you know, because they have to soften your cervix and all of that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. So it's a little bit of a different process, but it doesn't involve anything invasive to me and absolutely did not involve hurting my, my baby. And so after you went through that, even when your dad asked you, it's because medically it's labeled an abortion. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and a lot of times the church will recognize it as that as well. And so what did that look like when you did speak to the pastor? 
probably the most incredibly compassionate and loving conversation I've ever had in my life. Because his daughter had experienced losing a child early on in a pregnancy. And that began a bond with, with their pastor that to this day I still carry. Um, and um, the amount of love and respect that myself and my family and my daughter were treated with by him is unsurpassed. So I got lucky, but I think that he was put on my heart for that reason. I think God was like, hey. And I wouldn't let it go. My dad wanted me to let it go. He wanted me to let it go really because he just didn't want anybody else to hurt me again. He didn't want any more hurt from me. He was in that room. He saw me give birth to my daughter. He was there, you know, like... He was, he was in the middle of all of it. He knew how much I had been hurt and he didn't want anybody else to do that at the hands of the church. How are you doing today? Oh, um, with losing her. With Just walking. with being her mom and being the mom of your other children, uh, her sisters I struggle. and her sister and brothers. I struggle with when people ask me how many children I have. Got Because... I mean, you see three. Mm -hmm. And your answer is four. My real answer is four, but I say three, right? Because, mm -hmm. um, but my children, because I'm that I'm very open and honest and direct with my kids. Um, they know about their sister, and they call her their sister, and her name is. Kay they ask. Well, if Kayla were here right now, agree would she be in? So, you know, those kind of things. Mm -hmm. um, every once in a while, amongst the three of my kids, one will come to me and say, I really wish Kayla were here, Mom. And it's random. And I never know. I mean, Charlotte just did it the other day. And I was like, I know, sweet girl. You know, like, um, and, and I think she kind of lives on that way. Um, I think she's, I think that I've kept... I never wanted my kids to find out about her, like when I was sick or when I died or something. You know, like I didn't want family secrets to be like a thing, yes, right? Yes. So, oh, and that's a whole conversation, right? Myself, and you? I wanted family secrets. Yes, yes, I wanted her to know. Mm -hmm. I wanted all three of them to know. I wanted them. I wanted them to understand why the middle of May is a really tough time for me. Mm -hmm. Why I will all of a sudden just start to cry. Like we take flowers there every year. Like. They'll ask me, Mom, can we take flowers to Caitlin? Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, yeah, sure. You know, like, it's it's those kind of things. Yeah, so, you, you know, she may not be here physically in presence. But, but she's memorialized. Mm -hmm. She is remembered. Mm -hmm. I have her footprint. Um, mm -hmm. My kids have seen it. Like, you know, all of those, all of those things that make it not a secret. Right. She's, she's not a secret. Like, this happened to me. I want... I don't want to hide that. I don't want to. There's a lot of don't talk about that. I didn't want that to happen. Jenny, I mean, throughout this conversation with you, I, I, um, I think I expected the conversation to go in certain ways, but I just find you to be the most courageous woman of great strength in a variety of ways. And I know we've talked about different types of strengths. Um, I would like us to continue our conversation um, even deeper and delve even 
in, in other areas that mm-hmm. um, really speaks to, to, you've spoken well, and I, I appreciate you sharing about mm-hmm. your experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you li- you've literally taken us a journey <laughs> through like your life. Yeah. Um, you know, your teenage years, your college years, your early years as a, as a wife and as a military wife and as a young mother and a, as a mother who has lost a child and has, you're giving a voice and you're giving, um, um, you know, Caitlin's, you're keeping Caitlin's memory alive and she gets to be honored and she actually gets to be um, acknowledge as the, the to your children as their oldest sibling, yeah. which is fantastic. And then you brought up you know family secrets, which we're going to talk about, but not right now because that's a <laughs> I tell. But I value the steps. Like you, you've been very intentional in taking steps to ensure that you are a, a, a present mother, a, an honest mm-hmm. person, an honest. But it didn't always. Seem like I was taking deliberate steps, right? It seemed like a mess. To you? Yes. Okay. Maybe not to other people. Right. But in here. In here and in here, it felt like a mess. But to other people, it it has seemed like, how did you do that? Right? Yes. And but the inside is the part that's not the easy part. Like, a lot of people can go, yep, I believe in Jesus, that's why I got through it. I don't want that to be, like, the only thing that I say because, I mean, really, it's a journey of, 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 I think because I had that healing with her and I got to hold her that I didn't feel that, that as big of a weight as a lot of women do of, of the mourning Mm -hmm. process. Mm -hmm. I think I was healed in that moment, but I think I allowed myself to be healed because I could have chosen not to hold her. They asked me if I wanted her, and I said yes. That was my choice. We all make choices because did I want them to take her? No. I mean, I literally fell asleep holding her. Like, they were going to let me have her as long as I wanted to. Um, And so I didn't want to let her go. I, I didn't want her to be taken from me and, and the visual that comes in your mind, what you're going to take her from me and then put her in a big gigantic refrigerator. Like that's, and you get really real with yourself in that moment and you can't separate from that, right? Like now strangers are going to touch my baby. What are they going to open it up to see if she's a little science project? Like, I don't want that. Those are the, uh, and I told the nurses, I was like, do not show my baby and what happened to her and what was wrong with her to anyone. And they were like, okay, I don't even think it occurred to them, but it did to me, right? Like, don't do that to her. She's not a science experiment. She's a person. You will treat her like you would treat any other person that comes to her. That was just me, like, right? Like, that was... Your mom. You're protecting your, your yeah, daughter. Yeah, I felt like I needed to say it. Like, you're not going to do that to her. You're, you're, uh, I, that was all, it's all part of the journey, right? Like, that really ugliness, that, 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 that muddy water was was still there it wasn't like i didn't have to deal with it just because oh i believe in jesus you know god made it all better <laughs> and i appreciate you know I, I really do appreciate that because a lot of times like you know in in the church circles in the faith circles you hear that oh yeah and it's such a quick band-aid to not to blunt the pain yeah to, to, the pain. to not talk about how much it sucked yes 
So then, Jeannie, we've talked about like taking steps forward. You know, this is just tremendous. I, I think we could stay here forever because we can. <laughs> um, but what did moving forward look like? It was, it, to me, like I said, it looked very messy. Mm -hmm. Very messy. Um, but um, I think it was very confusing. Like, what do I share? If, if I go to date someone, like, what do I share with them? Do I tell them about my daughter? Do I tell them that I've had a baby? Do I, like, there was all of this confusion. Like, what, what part do I, get, do I keep to me and what part do I, do I talk about? Um, what's acceptable to talk about because not everybody wants to talk mm -hmm. about that like mm -hmm. right and not everybody wants to hear it not everybody's receptive to it so I had to but I wanted to I wanted to talk about my daughter I wanted to talk about her I didn't want to be quiet about her why why do I have to be quiet because that makes you like there were a lot of things that well do you have any kids I was and and I would just sit there so if you go, yes, I, 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 I have a daughter, but she, she passed away. Oh, how old was she? Well, actually, I was 18 and a half weeks pregnant. Then, uh, you know, okay. right? the, the, re, the reaction. So what, yeah, so yeah. what do you say? Yeah. Do, I, I don't say a lot of things in order to make the other person comfortable. Do you have kids? And then it, it, it was so hard to say no. But in my mind, going, yeah, I do. So did I just lie because I don't like liars? I don't like lies. I don't want. I want to live authentically. So what part do I tell? What part do I not tell? How do I? How do I? What What do I do with this? Yeah. I mean, really, that I stood there, and there were times where I sat in my apartment and just cried. And you were in your apartment when this was happening. You were living by yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when did you begin to... So the other day I shared an article... My um, mom gave me her cat so I wouldn't be all by myself. <laughs> your mom has just been your greatest like, anchor, I right? I did not want a cat. <laughs> but she didn't give it to you because she was like, like <laughs> But she loves you. I was like, no, I don't want a cat. But you, have to, a cat. you have to meet your mom, Jeannie. Yeah. Uh, we just have to. Um, <clears throat> just like, you know, the things that she <laughs> has been doing and this, just like a, being a, a support. Oh, my mom, my dad are, 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 are everything. Unconditional. Yeah. Like, um, and I, and I so appreciate that because the example that we get, especially sometimes within our family, there are conditions that come with the way you think. Yeah, no, we don't do conditions. I'm lucky. I, I, I mean, I can, I, I have butthead tendencies. I'm really good at it. And like, I can be the biggest brat in the world. And, I mean, my mom will look at me and be like, okay, you're annoying right now. And I'm just not, like, it, what she says is, you're in that place again, and I love you. I'm not trying to, because I'll take something and twist it and make it negative like that. Like, I'm good at it. I'll be like, oh, really? So, huh. <laughs> she's like, you're, you're doing it again, and you know that I didn't mean it that way, and you know it. And I knew you were going to take it that way, but I needed to say it kind of. So we're really deliberate with how we, and my parents know me and they, they kind of know, right? Like they know. I just think that's an incredible. It's, it's a rare, it's a rare find. Mm -hmm. um, um, so Jeannie, I want to, I want to now go through the, the, the second divorce and see if we can come to the third divorce. Okay. And 
Um, tell us about that. What, what does that look like? So um, it all kind of comes together, right? Because the very first Easter after Wanda was a couple of years later. Um, so my parents continued to go to the church that they had in Williamsburg mm -hmm. with that pastor. I continued to kind of foster that relationship when I would be down with, there with, with them on the weekends and got to know him. And one, uh, I think it was Easter. Easter Sunday, I went, I was down there with my parents and it was like a couple of years later, a few years later, and it would have been in 2009, so it was about three years later. Mm -hmm. um, I... I was at church with them, and there was this guy sitting around on their side. I was like, I've never seen him. And <laughs> he didn't have a beard. <laughs> Muscles? Ish. Tattoos? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I mean, what are you going to do? And I was like, well, he's kind of cute. But then he kind of had that thing about him, right? Like, yeah, it wasn't that he was beautiful or, like, it wasn't that. It was that thing, right? You could tell he had that thing. And so I, my mom, when we were all supposed to go around and say hi and shake hands, here she comes, bring him over. I'm like, oh my God. She probably caught, <laughs> caught that you caught him. I was <laughs> like, like, you looking at him. I was like, mom, come on. And she was like, so Jamie. This is so and so. He's pastor so and so's son, and I was like, "Hi, nice to meet you." you know, like, really, mom? <laughs> That's awesome. We have to meet your mom. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we have to meet Jeannie's mom. <laughs> You'll be like, "You two sound alike. You two look like <sighs> this woman." And so I was like, "Thanks, mom." And I looked at her when he walked away. I was like, "Awesome." And she goes, "Yeah." I was like. No, not really. And so he like walked away and that was that. And after church, I, you know, I always went and said hi to his dad and gave him a hug. And, um, he was like, oh, have you met my son? <laughs> yeah, I did. Lisha came, my mom. And he was like, oh. And, and it, we had another brief conversation. And then of course, social media, he found me on Facebook mm -hmm. and sent me a friend request and, we just started having a conversation that it turned to, you know, exchanging phone numbers and all of that good stuff. And ta-da, he once, he was like, so when are you going to catch your parents' house next time? I'm like, well, oddly enough, this coming weekend, oh, well, I'm going to be there too. You want to hang out? Sure. Why not? And how long did that last? Because <laughs> you have to ask, right? Um, well, that became my second marriage. Okay. And so I found out I was pregnant with Blake, my oldest son. Mm -hmm. And um, I just, I loved his dad so much and had so much respect for him. I was mm -hmm. like, this is going to be disrespectful to him and to his church if I don't. And so I felt like I kind of had to. You had to get married? Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. And I knew, like, I was already feeling like this thing between the two of us is not, like, I'm going to be very blunt. Like, I wasn't trying to, like, marry anybody and be serious with anybody to begin with when I found out I was pregnant with them. So I was like, cool, right? Like, I was doing my thing. And a lot of women do that. There's, 
it is what it is. We all make decisions. I made that decision. A decision. I knew for well that pregnancy is a byproduct of having sex with someone, and so I accepted that. And I, but I did marry him, and he revealed that everything that he pretty much told me was a lie. And here I sat, pregnant, and I guess he thought because I was pregnant that, and like, married to him, that I was going to, like, stay. Um, I screamed so loud that I was coughing, and he left and he came back and he was like, well, I think it's best for me to go and go back to my mom and dad's house. I do too. How, how far into the marriage were? Like a couple of weeks. So the marriage lasted how long? Um, because the Commonwealth of Virginia requires, it, it had to be at least a year. So I can't even tell you what day we got married. I have no idea. I just know it was warm outside because I remember the dress that I wore. So you were married for uh, like a couple of weeks and then you separated. He went back to live with his parents. Yep. And then, you and then I discontinued communication with him because it just became unbearable. Like it was unbearable. So you just lived apart so to meet mm -hmm. the state of Virginia's requirement for the year. Yeah. So when I had my son, which would have been beginning of February of 2010, um, I... Um, when I had my son in the beginning of February of 2010, like I, I didn't even, I didn't call him. I, I didn't call his dad. I wanted to be able to have some time to mm -hmm. like get through it. He wasn't there at the birth. That was my choice. Um, I just didn't want it, and yeah. and I didn't I didn't want that for for me. Um, I was I wanted to be comfortable getting birth yeah and um i i made that choice for myself um and that can take you down the road of roe v wade in a different way absolutely so absolutely. you know i've kind of experienced roe v wade and the positivity from it in two different ways and well you you can make two big arguments yeah. but there are so many other ways that it could be looked at um yeah. based on um you know having the baby by yourself yeah yeah, I mean, I, I mean, my mom and my dad were there. It's the first time my dad has ever seen a birth, was Blake, and and I'll never forget. I'll never forget. Like my mom, um, my mom's uh, birthing experience with my brother was like super traumatic because the umbilical yeah. cord was wrapped around his neck and all of that kind of stuff. So they actually used forceps on my mom. Yeah. And so when and <laughs> people laugh at me when I say that like. I described the table that's in the birthing room where all of the tools are kept. Yeah. It looks like a communion table, right? Like they wheel it out and it's like all draped yes. in the cloth, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> it looks like a communion table. So when they unveiled the communion table and were like getting the forceps, my mom looked at my dad and was like, can you please stand at her head because I'm gonna pass out. Cause my mom's, my mom's experience with that was very traumatic for her because my brother was just, I mean, yeah. like, he shouldn't have even made it. Um, but, um, so my dad was up in my head and they pulled out the forceps. And my dad was like, do you mind? I've seen this on TV. I just want to know what it's like in real life because now they're pulling out the tools. And I was like, I don't care, dad. <laughs> like, so he 
he wanted to know what it looked like when they used forceps. Yeah. Because it was like tools. Yeah. It's like, I don't care to. So, my, yeah, my dad was totally curious about what happened when what they used tools. And, but he asked me if I minded. I was like, Dad, I don't care what you do right now. Like, I'm pushing out a kid. How was your mom, though, when she saw that? I, I mean, after, when it was being used? She had to sit down. Did she pass out? No. Okay. But she used her breathing yeah. and really sat in it and made sure she was okay. And I mean, once they got Blake's little head out, like the rest of him just flew out and like my leg caught him. Like, I, I mean, like he was, yeah. And so. That is pretty, uh, like the birth of a child is one of the, I, I've had four, I have had four children, but I've never seen myself get Right, that. I didn't either. I want that, so, I want that vision of myself. Like, mirror, no thank you. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I, Nope, I'm fine. <laughs> but, you know, watching, like, it's literally an, an experience where the person that you're giving birth to, like, is fighting to be present. Right. So it's an amazing uh, thing to experience. See, and the way that I looked at it was, I really enjoy the birthing process. Mm -hmm. um, I hate being pregnant. I'm a horrible pregnant person. I'm sick the whole time, the whole thing. I don't like being pregnant. But I really looked forward to the birthing process because... I would get, I became so connected with my body yeah. and it was like tunnel vision. Like all that was there was me and the doctor. That's awesome. And I heard and saw heard nothing that else, way. but I, I loved the process of giving birth and I actually look forward to it. Jeannie, I mean, I, like I said, I've never even thought of it that way, but I mean, that is, that is like a holistic, spiritual, yes, righteous way to look at your oneness with yourself. It's really. the most connective I've ever been to myself is when I'm giving birth. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate Because I'm that. listening only yeah. to my body and my doctor. Nothing else that anybody said to me, even my Ella Dana, I yeah. am nothing. Wow. Not wow. a thing. That is, yeah, that's that's a pretty profound perspective. I, I actually will think on that because you just hit me with it right now and I need, <laughs> <laughs> I need more time to process that. But I actually, um, so, Jeannie, after the, the year passed, you have Blake. I went through, I will not lie to you, going through a, a, a custody thing. Wait, wait. With an infant. So, when did... He found out that I had had the baby before I told him. That I had had Blake before I told him. He found out because my dad, being the man of integrity that he is, when he was asked if I had had the baby, couldn't say no. And I love him for that because my dad won't lie. He, he just doesn't lie, right? Mm -hmm. Like that, that's just who. And so he had told um, their pastor because he called my dad mm -hmm. and said, we, did she have the baby? And my dad said yes. And it was like a week later, right? So they immediately like flew to a lawyer and did the whole thing. So I was served with papers on my front door as a brand new mom. And my entire, I felt my inside shake because you, you're, you're reading this and it says full custody. Of a baby you had just given birth to. That was exclusively breastfed. Full custody. Full custody. Now you're coming to take my baby. I just had a baby taken away from me three years ago. Now you're going to take this one? That's all I heard. I said, Mom, they're going to take my baby. And she said, no, they're not. No one is going to take your baby. Still my fear to this day. So am I going to take my baby? 
And how old is your baby today? <laughs> Blake will be 11 in February. And so from less than a month after he was born and you get served with full custody paperwork. Yeah. What has that been like? With, now keep in mind, they have no reason for asking for full custody. He still lives in Williamsburg. I live here. I have my own apartment. I have my own job. I have, like, I am stable and I have a career. There was no reason to file for full custody. Well, I mean, we could definitely identify a reason. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. Um, so in the 11 years, mm -hmm. and the reason I'm saying 11 years because you got served with custody papers right out the Immediately, gate. yeah. Mm -hmm. What has that been like? So the past 11 years for us has, has really looked like finding that peace, walking through that custody process, listening to somebody look at you and say, one day, I'll take your baby, I'll take So for the past 11 years after you gave birth to Blake, you've gone through the loss of Caitlin. Yeah. A month after you've given birth to Blake, you, you're served with custody paperwork yeah. and 11 years you've been living under the umbrella of one day I'm gonna take him Jimmy I, I just cannot imagine because the niceness is there right like things will be okay yeah. and then it'll kind of well you can't raise a male child because you're a female and that those words have been spoken to you oh yeah numerous times and in front of school staff like the staff at my son's school. He said it out loud, and then he backs it up with Bible verses. We're gonna come back and talk about that <laughs> because one of the things that I really wanna talk about, on top of everything that we've already talked about, is trauma that women experience in relationships, and Jeannie has done, I mean, I appreciate your courage, I appreciate your honesty, I appreciate the time that you've spent to be so transparent and so vulnerable. And I can't wait to that deep dive into our conversation, our follow-up conversation, where you are going to go in greater detail yeah. about the trauma that you've experienced, mm -hmm. emotional abuse in this this eleven-year period, and not just an emotional um, abuse where you're in relationship with someone, not intimately, but sharing parents yeah. responsibility. Yeah. yeah, and then have faith and religion be used as a weapon yeah. for and, and, the abuse. And and then to have to get married again and, and to be in that emotional and mental abuse there at, while having two other children and then walk through a divorce and then have him come back in, you can't be a mom to him. You're like you can't raise him because you're a woman and he's a male and you're going through like the hardest time of your life and the biggest struggle you've ever gone through. And I'm gonna throw that at you again. The only thing that I can think of, Jeannie, is you're, you're so, you know, if that has never, this has never been said to you before, <laughs> and or if it has been said to you and you need a reminder, <laughs> I am saying without any hesitation, you are a courageous woman. Thank you. You are a voice of hope, um, you are a beacon 
that people need to be drawn to or are already drawn to because of the way you live and the way you share and the way you um you you you're, you're and, and when you when people are are transparent and authentic like you mm -hmm. navigating society is super hard it oh, just yeah. is because it seems like you're judged more but i want to say thank you for being here with us Jeannie. Absolutely. and i can't wait to have you come back to where we talk about um when when parenthood is weaponized oh it, and it is as when because you're sharing the responsibility and you're like co-parenting and then you have um a blended family and you have loss and when you have that's the, the emotional loss weaponized against your current role as a parent mm -hmm. and where your child is being threatened to be removed from your your life with in, with no basis at all with like, yeah but you're the logical side of you yeah. sees that but that trauma side of you yeah. goes that could really happen to me like that's happened to me before that could happen again like and before this part of the conversation starts you you know Jeannie I have a preach there's so much that people are aware of that you already shared with me <laughs> <laughs> I really want to revisit that conversation and you just alluded to it like that internalized trauma and how it affects the way you see yourself, the way, the way you, you parent, parents, the way you 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 live, and the, the the value you place on certain parts of your life. Absolutely. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you for joining yes. the Awakening the Warriors. I invite you to visit us at awakeningthewarriors.com just to get an introduction into what we're all about. But if you literally want to become involved and be a part of the conversation, you could join us in our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash Awakening the Warriors. There you will be in contact and you will connect with many women who are on their journey to healing, to conver just being in company with other women, in conversation with other women where they're looking for a safe space to share, to be vulnerable, to, to share their passion, to share the steps that they've taken. Like you've heard with Jeannie right now, how she's had to um, tra you know travel and traverse these murky areas to just to live authentically and to be her authentic authentic self and as a result we can't wait to meet her mom i'm, just, I'm serious <laughs> can't make, wait to meet her mom and dad and Judy, i just want to say thank you thank, thank you. you for being here and thank you for being hope a beacon of hope <laughs> a voice of love and a voice of inclusion and compassion and you may not necessarily describe yourself that way but <laughs> I'm, no, that's not the descriptors that are used. <laughs> well, I think, well, I would encourage you to start adding them because I just cannot, you know, I have my little tissue. At, I think I pull out my little tissue during every <laughs> session, but I really, from the bottom of my heart, want to share with you, you are a light that people are drawn to, and I can't wait for your voice to be um, one that people hear, and, um, and I know you already have a passion to inspire people to go to grow and become true to their, themselves, true to their passion, and to walk. One of the things, the other things that you've done, and I, I don't want to dismiss before we, we talk about that, how you've challenged women. You've done this all through our entire conversation. You have challenged women to walk shame-free. Yes, absolutely. To rid yourselves of shame and own everything about yourself oh, yeah. and walk in the fullness of it. And to, oh my gosh, my heart has just knitted to yours because <laughs> I just, you know, it's it's a courageous walk that you've been on and I appreciate you sharing with us. I appreciate you allowing me to do it. I mean, this has been something that, that has been on my heart and something yeah. that I want to do for a long time. I don't think that you're brought to something to be quiet about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, because 
you know, it's so cliche. Well, if I can just help one person, but um, I, I think that I went through this for a reason. And whatever that reason is, whether it's to help me grow or to help other people or to do it all, like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm down. That's yeah. what I'm, I, I don't want it to be in vain. Stay tuned, people. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Conversations with Franny. You can find this podcast where all podcasts are located and also at our Awakening the Warriors website. Thank you so much.